1: Visit cpfcoaching.com for more information. Discover the leader within. Contact CPF Coaching, LLC today and schedule your strategic session.
0: Welcome to another episode of Breaking into Cybersecurity Leadership, where we talk to individuals that have grown through their career and now become leaders of others and want to develop the leaders of the future by sharing tips, tricks, and some of their stories along the way. Today, we have Scott Harris with us. I'll make sure I cut that out. Uh, today, we have Scott Harris with us, and he'll be sharing a little bit about his background. Scott, tell us a little bit about
1: yourself. Yeah, so I actually started my information technology career in 1999 in that little internet service provider back when everybody had dial-up internet. For those of us that are old enough to remember the 56K modems and how exciting those were at that time, that's where I started. From there, I went into full-time information technology in about 2001 or two right there as a network engineer and really started to grow there. Um, And that's where I got introduced to cybersecurity, although we didn't call it cybersecurity at that point. That was way before all the stuff we have now. Our cybersecurity at that point was a firewall and some endpoint like antivirus and a few things like that. And that was it. That's all you had. Um, And so just learning through that process and growing and, Really went through all the consulting and then ended up ultimately being a director of information security a few years back. And now I'm on the vendor side of the world because I like to sleep and uh, CISOs don't sleep much as I found out my time in the chair, but that's a real short microcosm. It's been an interesting journey. So what really
0: promoted you to want to take that first director role and pivot from being an individual contributor to a cyber leader? That's a
1: good question. It really happened organically. I had been at that point, a manager of InfoSec. I had been on the consultant side a little bit. I had a lot of different avenues that I had been exposed to. And I really felt like that moving into that director chair was something where I could take my experiences and give that back to that network and really make it my own, my own ground, if you will. Break new grounds for myself and also give back what I had already learned. it was an amazing experience that I will I'll never forget for obvious reasons. There was even a breach involved at the time that I was there, but I really grew into it just by a way of experience and understanding, hey, this is something I think I would like to do
0: to give back. You kind of went for it. You started giving back. As you reevaluate your career, what would you say are the critical skills needed for those future cybersecurity leaders? That's a great question. The problem with doing
1: everything Technically, when you say you need to learn this or you need to learn that, I think the issue with that is cybersecurity has grown in such a breadth and depth now to where it was when I started. And when I started, you needed to know routing, how the traffic flowed through the network, maybe a little bit about some email security, maybe a little bit around the endpoint stuff. And that was really it. But in today's world, oh my gosh, there's so many threat vectors, there's so many different techniques, there's so many different technologies. Now we have. BYOD. And we have all these different things. So I don't know if I could zoom in on one technical aspect. I would say you probably need a decent amount of knowledge about many of those core concepts. So how does traffic flow? What protocols are used? What are they used for? Things like a little bit around some coding language. So maybe some Python or things where that flows. Understanding process, right? You have to now understand process. You have to understand some regulation, because there's a lot of regulations, depending on what vertical you're in, but ultimately, and this is where people kind of look at me a little bit, the main thing I think you need to groom is your ability to communicate back to your teams, not just down to the people that are under you, but you also have to be able to communicate to the people over you. And those are two different conversations. And so learning communication skills, not just written, but verbal, you've got to understand not just the technical, but how do I relay all of that information to the people below me, to the people above me? So communication, I think is absolutely critical. And I had a young man ask me not too long ago, what would, what should he focus on? I said, have you taken a speech class? And he looked at me straight and I said, just trust me, you need to take a speech class because you're going to be giving presentations to those below you, presentations above you, explaining below you, explaining above you. You've got to be able to not only know all this stuff you got to be able to share it in a way that makes sense. And that's tough. That's tough. So I would say not just focus on the technical, but understand you've got communication limits that you have to break through as well. So it's,
0: it's the technical, it's the human skills, it's the business process. And if you had to say, recommend three hard or soft skills that, that someone needed to focus on, what would those be? So first of all, you really have to be an excellent follower Before you can even
1: be a decent leader, you've got to be able to be somebody that can be molded and understand, learn when you're wrong, learn when, how to say you're wrong, really listen to what those people are telling you and not just try to inject what you want to do or what you're thinking into that situation. Sometimes speaking is far more important than anything you can say or even to do, but Really listening trumps all of that, right? Sometimes you've got to really pay attention to what's going on. I would say that for sure. Aptitude. What's your appetite? You never get out of school in cybersecurity. Threats change, landscape change, tech changes. There is, If you think you're going to get a degree or go through some certification process, get that on your wall in a frame, and then you're done, that's not going to happen at all this is an ever evolving never ending aptitude and understanding that this is you're never going to be out of class you're always going to be in class to a certain degree and then lastly again those communication skills understanding how to take those first two right and communicate that back to the people that you are trying to lead because i like to people to listen to me but i like to also listen to people right but i found that if i really listen to them first then they listen to me when i have something to share very
0: true hmm regards to the skill of influence. Why is that a critical skill? And if so, in your point of view, why? Yeah. So it's as
1: broad as it is long there. When you talk about influence, there's a lot of different angles that you could really take this. So I I think it always depends on what is it that you're trying to influence? Are you trying to influence a philosophy? Are you trying to influence a purchase of a technology? What are you trying to influence? The thing that I always try to do with my influence is try to get everybody to understand that all of us is smarter than one of us right so we're all going to have ideas we're all going to have disagreements we're going to have those things but i want to try to bring all of that together in a cohesive unit right and influence as a group more than just me influencing the whole situation myself i don't really want to be a dictator except under the most unusual of circumstances does that make sense so I like to try to influence by also being influenced, if that makes sense.
0: Yes, that does make sense. You mentioned throughout your career that you've had different people, and this was a preamble, but it seemed like those people that you worked with throughout your career helped you build a great network and a great support system. Why is that critical? When I was a manager
1: of InfoStack, this was in the healthcare article. We're going back now to the early 2000s. I read a book by Franklin Covey and the whole premise of the thing was habits of highly effective people. I think it was actually Stephen Covey, but anyway, the idea is that one of the phrases that were in that book was all of us is smarter than one of us. And when I read that phrase and I just quoted it just a second ago, when I read that phrase, I began thinking about, okay, what does that really mean? All of us is smarter than one of us. And I began to understand that, that you alone, me alone. Could not possibly ever know everything. There's no chance. And as I looked at my career and realized at how information technology was growing, how information security was growing, data security, all those different pieces. As I watched that, that grow, I began to realize I will never be able to know everything about all of this. And then taking that back to all of us are smarter than one of us, I realized that what I need around me are a group of really smart people that have a lot of different purviews, a lot of different philosophies, a lot of different understandings from what I have, so that when I have a question or I run up against something that I don't really understand, at a moment's notice, I can get those people and say, hey, explain this to me, help me understand what's going on here. That was really never more evident than whatever I suffered in 2016. I had assembled at that point a network of people that I knew I was going to call, that I could count on. And when all of that started going down immediately, I started calling those people that network became priceless in that situation because otherwise I'm standing there doing that John Wayne thing right there. out there with a rifle all by myself. And there's no way that we would have had the success that we had in that situation without that network of people that I could call and say, let me run this by you, tell me what I'm doing wrong. What should I do different? It was absolutely critical to have all of those different minds around me
0: to understand better what I need to do. You mentioned that the breach, the incident. Do you think like having some sort of crisis management experience would also be important for someone and in our cybersecurity leadership role? It's an interesting concept. Now,
1: I did not have that, but that is definitely something that has been discussed is you've got to learn how to manage a crisis, because that's really what it is. The one thing I will say is another, I talked about communication earlier, right? And so when all of that started happening, there's a couple of things I wanted to convey, I wanted to convey that, that I'm not panicked about this. Therefore, nobody else should be panicked about either. And my words were heavy from that chair as director of InfoSec in that situation. So I was very careful for what I said, what the words I chose, what I did. It's that communication piece, because if you are out of control in a breach, If you don't know what you need to do, if you're wringing your hands, or if you are communicating ineffectively, you'll make that situation a lot worse than it already is. And I promise you, it doesn't need any help being worse. When you have that going on, it's as bad as it's going to get. And you have to learn how to really convey confidence and control and understanding and get everybody to know that we're going to make it through this. Let's all calm down. This is what we're going to do and be organized and very methodical, not only in your steps, but in your communications. That makes sense. So there's crisis management in right. I didn't have a
0: class in it, but that's an interesting point. I think if I ever go back into the chair again, I might actually do that. Great. Thank you for coming on. But before we go, you have a podcast yourself. Why don't you tell the audience about your podcast and what it's about, how they can find it? Absolutely.
1: So if you look on the screen behind me there, you see it's called The Breach Files. I have a website. It's called thebreachfiles.com. We're also opening up a YouTube channel as well, where there's going to be some additional content on here. It's still in the flux right now, but I'm getting things out there. The Breach Files is about everything I just said. I'm going to be telling my story about the breach that I presided over in 2016, the whole process I went through, where I was successful, where I failed, where my failures were anything I would do different, but probably more importantly than all of that are the personal feelings of myself and the other managers and the teams that went through that with me. What were the personal pressures? People don't really think about that a lot. It's all mechanical and technical, but it's not. There's people behind all of this. There's a lot of stress, a lot of wailing and gnashing of feet sometimes, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that in that podcast And on the YouTube channel, I'm going to bring in some of those people who went through that process with me, some people from FBI, some people from Mandiant, some people that were on the teams with me, and do some interviews with those folks and get their impressions as well. So it's going to be a really interesting time to get on there. If you want to find it, go to thebreachfiles.com, scroll all the way to the bottom, you can find the podcast on there, and the rest of it, you'll be able to pop around to the YouTube channel and everything else that's there.
0: Scott, thank you very much for joining us on Breaking into Cybersecurity Leadership.